0: Welcome to the Awaken Life Church podcast. For more information about our church, please visit awakenlifechurch.net. We hope you enjoy this message by Tina Davis. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Um, I want to cur- encourage you as a missions pastor if you've never given to missions, I just want you to jump in and be blessed. It's such a blessing to come alongside our brothers and sisters and to be their kinsman redeemer, to just let that work of righteousness just flow out of you and become a blessing. Um, If you want to give to missions, be sure to designate your gift to missions. And I also want to encourage you to um, do a little something for VBS, You know, we don't have to, if we could just give a little something, they could shop, get everything they need, and an abundance for it. So let's jump in to the mission um, overseas, and also the mission of raising up mighty world changers for the kingdom of God. (laughs) So... um, I don't have a joke for you today, but let's just, let's just take a laugh break. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> it's okay to laugh in church. It's a third of the kingdom, so we want to go, go, go into joy. It's a supernatural thing. It's the glory of God. Supernatural joy is the glory of God. So we need to drink deeply, drink deeply of God's joy. (laughs) It's okay, we could just take a minute. (laughs) Ha ha ha. He he he. I know some of you are out there saying, no K, (laughs) no K. Anyway, so um, God has a lot in store in mind for today. And uh, one of the things I think he wants us to do is just remember everything uh, that he rescued you from. Um, I testify, he rescued me from so much junk. (laughs) And uh, when he set me free, oh my gosh, my life was so radically changed. And uh, it became so much better. So much better. Life is so much better with Jesus. And uh, we, not, we not only need to remember what he brought us out of, uh, but we need to be mindful of that and remember how we were before we knew Jesus. Um, so we can stir up his compassion for others um, and identify with the fact that we are rescuers. He uses us to rescue people. So um, there's a lot of fire happening in the congregation. Um, In case you don't know, we have a lot of fiery prophets in the room. (laughs) And they were releasing fire all morning long. So that is so on God's heart today. And, you know, sometimes we can be like, oh, the fire, the fire, the fire. <laughs> Don't be afraid. When God brings fire, it's such a good thing. It's such a good thing. It's such a kiss from heaven over your life. So let's, let's like, reframe our thinking to receive the fire of God like kisses from heaven Um, The title of my message this morning is, (laughs) I should know the title, right? Uh, Keys to Unlock the Mystery of More. Okay? Keys to Unlock the Mystery of More. So um, God gave me a little confirmation kiss uh, from my prophetic grandson this morning, who's 16 months old. And his name is Keon. Keon. And I'm the only one he gives kisses to. <laughs> his mom tells me he doesn't do that to anybody else, but he kisses the phone when when, when he calls. But anyway, this morning he inadvertently FaceTimed me. <laughs> and I think it was God's just little kiss to say, Keon. <laughs> Amen? So, the key, let's, let's start with scripture. Well, let's start with a prayer. That would be a good idea. <laughs> okay. <laughs> more of you, God, <laughs> nothing less but all the more of you, God, and only you. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, So Colossians 1, 26 through 27. There is a divine mystery, a secret surprise that has been concealed from the world for generations. But now it's being revealed, unfolded, and manifested for every holy believer to experience. Living within all of you, all of us believers, is the Christ who floods you with the expectation of glory. This mystery of Christ embedded within us becomes a heavenly treasure chest of hope filled with the riches of glory for his people, and God wants everyone to know it. God has hope, hope that he wants to disperse through us, amen? Hope is glorious, yeah. Um, So the keys to unlock the mystery of more within us are thankfulness, oneness, praise, and harvest. Uh, These keys are foundational to our faith, They're like exercises that an athlete uses to run the race to win. (laughs) All right. So we're strengthened with these exercises and they lead us into more and more victory. Um, This is part of, like, we all function in these things, this group that I'm talking to, I know that, you know, you're going after these things, but sometimes after we've been doing these things for a long time, it can kind of, you know, we don't really understand all of the dynamics that are taking place. Um, these dynamics, they're relational, okay? We don't want to um, enter in. We want to be relational with God and with others as we do these things. So we want to do these things in our private time and in our corporate time, our small groups, all of the things. But we want, it, we want them to flow out of relationship with the Lord, So, number one is thankfulness. So, thankfulness affirms that we trust in God, that we fully trust Him, and we believe in Him. Oftentimes, declarations flow out of a thankful heart. We're actually declaring the end from the beginning. That's a function of living in thankfulness. And when we're thankful, faith fills our prayers, right? It just, when we're thankful, we're ushered into the presence of God, and faith fills our prayers. Now, let's talk about faith for a second. Faith is the first and ongoing taste of our Lord's goodness being implanted within us to ensure that we receive and carry the life that He's intended for us to have. And it's also, thankfulness is a continual acknowledgement of God's goodness and His faithfulness in our lives. So it's a powerful dynamic that we can release every day. And it's so easy. God is so good that he doesn't make these things easy. He wants us to posture our heart to things that will really propel us forward and that will bring life to us and others. Um, That's why Also, thankfulness, when we're being thankful, we also have the ability to apprehend what God is pouring out in the moment, okay? That's why testimonies are so important, right? Because they generate faith and thanksgiving and increase our ability to apprehend what God's pouring out, to take hold of it and say, Yes, amen. I want that too. I claim that for myself. Okay, so just remember that Thanksgiving, we all know it ushers us into the presence of God. But it also comes from the confidence that we have in the goodness of God. In the goodness of God over our lives and to actually come in and meet us and do the thing. Key number two, understanding our oneness with God. We bring the kingdom of heaven to earth by identifying ourselves with the king. Right? <laughs> If we don't identify with the King, the kingdom of heaven's not coming, right? So um, we need to be so identified with Him that we function out of our oneness with Him, that we give Him permission and we acknowledge. We acknowledge, I'm one with the Lord, He's made me one with Him. Jesus prayed. Make them one like we are one father, right? Let them know my glory. <laughs> so acknowledging, you know, just how close and resident Jesus is, is within us is so vital to our being um, the people that he wants us to be. Um, we can glean or learn from some things from the life of Moses um, about oneness with God and, and, um, and, it, and a lot of things. But we're going to do the Cliff Notes version, don't worry. <laughs> um, so when we look at Moses' life, he had a grid for what God had created him to do. He knew he was, you know, called to deliver the children of Israel, right? But outside of his oneness with God, what did he do? He killed one Egyptian. (laughs) They rejected him. And he ran out to the wilderness in terror, afraid Pharaoh was going to kill him. Um, So... I just can't express enough how vital it is to function out of that oneness with the Lord and not try and do things in our own strength, right? So what happened with Moses when he went into the wilderness? God gave him a family. And his job was to be a shepherd. So all of a sudden, God shifted his focus from all of the things in the world. And taught him how to love and shepherd people in the context of family. So he waited in the wilderness on God to do that. So let's um, read about an encounter um, Moses had in the wilderness out of um, Acts 7, 30 through 34. And this is Stephen's account of Moses' encounter. So after 40 years had passed, while he was in the desert near Mount Sinai, the messenger of Yahweh appeared to him in the midst of a flaming thorn bush. Moses was astonished and stunned by what he was seeing, so he drew closer to this marvel. How many know encounters can be astonishing and stunning, and they can draw you in, right? Then the Lord Yahweh spoke to him out of the flames. I am the living God, the God of your ancestors. I am God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. Trembling in God's presence and overwhelmed with awe, Moses didn't even dare to look into the fire. So first he was drawn in and then he's like, what's happening right now? (laughs) Can I really go there? (laughs) Yeah, that's kind of, we're trying to normalize encounters here, (laughs) give you a little insight into the very normal feelings of being touched by God and having him touch you deeply, deeply. All right, out of the flames the Lord said to him, Take the sandals off your feet, for you are standing in the realm of holiness. So, I think there's a reminder in there for Moses that God wants to lead the way he walks and how he does things. And then God shares his heart with Moses I have watched and seen how my people have been mistreated in Egypt. I have heard their painful groaning, and now I have come to set them free. And then what is God's directive? So go set them free? No. God says, so come to me. So come to me. So as we come to God, that's where we get to know and identify with our oneness and our purpose um, in him. And then he says, and then I'm sending you. I'm sending you to Egypt to represent me. So the reasons why encounters are important, these are just some of them. Encounters give us perspective on the greatness of God encounters, empower, and commission us to do the things he's assigned us to do. When we encounter the Lord in a special way, we taste his glory in a manner that compels us to live from the place of intimacy or oneness with him, and our hearts are open to receive his instructions. Encounters confirm our identity in Christ and contain a component of deliverance that sets people on a course to receive the more of what the Lord intends for their lives. Okay? We carry deliverance within us. We carry deliverance for the more of our lives. And we receive boldness to introduce people to the promised one, Jesus, and also discipling them. So it's a matter of knowing I am is sending you. (laughs) So think about the things God's spoken into your life prophetically and um, make some declarations Make some declarations of faith and promise over yourselves. It's like sometimes we have to, sometimes I've been one I haven't wanted to say, I'm a pastor, I'm a this, I'm a that. And a lot of it was from early teaching in my life. And so um, a few weeks ago, Alex, Jeanette's son, asked me, so what is your role here? And I had to say the thing. I had to say, (laughs) I am the prayer pastor and the missions pastor. But what happened to me in that moment was I got a power suit. (laughs) I got a power suit. And it just empowered me to come up and do the thing that God wanted me to do in that moment. So... (laughs) So I just want to encourage you, say the thing, say the thing. And you guys are all so good at releasing uh, the prophetic, right? And it's, it's more powerful than you think. We think like God's trying to just make us eke out all of these things. And he just gives us his voice to declare in the earth and his voice just moves mountains, moves mountains, and aligns things. It brings his power and his love and his glory and all of this stuff. So our oneness also makes it easier for us to be witnesses, right? Because we know that when we're one with Christ and we're functioning out of that identity we know that he's gonna show up and do the thing. We're not the witness. We're witnessing him show up and do the thing when we're doing the thing, <laughs> right? Right? Yeah, so um, it takes the pressure off. It takes the pressure off of us and, and um, just enables us to flow in all the truth of who he is. So this place of oneness, I'm talking about intimacy with the Lord, obviously. Um, But sometimes we think of him as a separate entity, (laughs) him and us. (laughs) But we're actually one. It's a mystery. It's the mystery of more, right? (laughs) We're talking about the mystery of more. Let's just camp there for a minute. We wanna be able to figure out everything in this day and age, right? We just wanna figure it out. (laughs) But there's mystery involved. There's mystery when we walk in faith. We don't always know the thing. And it's such a grand adventure. It's such a grand adventure. It really is. It was a grand adventure this morning. Hearing Michael sing about glory, <laughs> hearing <laughs> people release what they released, Brianna and Tracy, um, just having people pray over me and, and just release glory. It, it's just so rich. It's so rich and wonderful. And uh, God wants all of us to step into the more of that. Knowing that he's doing the thing. <laughs> okay, where was I? <laughs> so back to Moses. This, so we read in Acts 7.37. This is the same Moses who said to our ancestors, the Lord God will raise up one from among you who will be a prophet to you like I have been. Listen to everything he will say. Moses led the congregation in the wilderness and he spoke face to face with the angel and spoke with him on the top who spoke with him on the top of Mount Sinai. Along with our ancestors, he received the living oracles of God that were passed down to us. So Moses was God's friend, right? God revealed to him what the Father would say to Jesus when he was baptized with the Holy Spirit. And then Moses had the extreme, awesome pleasure of being with Jesus when he was transfigured and heard the Lord say it over him again. This is my son. I'm well pleased with him. This is my son. (laughs) Yeah. So um, there's adventures Assigned to us for eternity. Can I just say that? (laughs) And just like God was pleased with uh, Jesus, He's so pleased with you. He's so pleased with you. (laughs) Oh, so heaven and earth come together in moments of encounter. And I just want to prophesy. (laughs) This can be a takeaway. Uh, We are a signs and wonders generation moved into intimacy by the fire of the great I am, the living God, who has called us to be rescuers and deliverers and who usher people into the promised land, the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven. I love our ushers. They do everything with such joy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We just bless you guys. And we ask you, Father God, to give us the grace to usher people into the kingdom. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. And yeah, (laughs) so when I lean back like that, just for you who've never experienced something like that or I'm laughing, it's just I'm experiencing like little tastes and touches of heaven in this realm. And God wants all of us to experience him in this realm. Okay. Again, as we lean into our oneness with God, true identity in Christ is revealed. In this place of intimacy, there is no striving, only delighting. There is a divine exchange of delighting in who he is as we receive the delight in who he has made us to be and the supernatural grace to disperse His good and kind intentions to others. Wow. (laughs) Let's read Colossians 1, 9 through 11. Since we first heard about you, we kept you always in our prayers that you would receive the perfect knowledge of God's pleasure over your lives, making you reservoirs, reservoirs of every kind of wisdom and spiritual understanding were to be reservoirs of wisdom and spiritual understanding. And God's wisdom doesn't always look like the wisdom of the world. <laughs> we pray that you would walk in the ways of true righteousness, pleasing God in every good thing you do. Then you'll become fruit bearing branches, yielding to his life and maturing in the rich experience of knowing God in his fullness. We pray that you would be energized with all his explosive power from the realm of his magnificent glory, filling you with great hope. Sounds like they're praying for encounters to me. Right? Right? So, just a side note, the the church was birthed with a massive corporate encounter. (laughs) (laughs) And then they went out (laughs) and brought, I don't know, 3,000 people into the kingdom instantly, or men and their families. Uh... (laughs) Whew. Okay. So we have to be mindful that God is love, right? And we're one with love. So love should always be our motivation and our expression, You know, motivated and expression. Jesus commanded us to love one another deeply. Loving one another deeply is connected to the ability to bring kingdom expression to a situation. And we need to be receivers of God's love. And of every kind of wisdom and spiritual understanding in order to disperse it. So that's that. Be a reservoir. Be a reservoir. Receive God's love. Let it be your motivation. <laughs> Let it be your expression. All right, key number three. <laughs> key number three praise. Praise. Remember, I said at the beginning, these are fundamentals to the Christian life that make us strong and enable us to run the race with victory. Okay? Oneness actually catapults us into praise, like Thanksgiving catapults us into oneness. Yeah. And it also can lift us. Praise praise and thanksgiving have the ability to lift us out of any difficult circumstance that life would bring. So praise is not only a result of knowing God, but it's regenerative. Praise is regenerative because it subdues the atmosphere and the natural realm, enabling kingdom realities to invade and supersede natural perspectives. So we need to understand, when we're driving around our neighborhoods and we're praising God, we're bringing the kingdom. We're shifting the atmosphere. We're opening people's hearts and minds and lives to the kingdom of heaven. You know, so, so these things, we can say, oh, these are just things I do because I'm a Christian, but they're powerful tools of glory. <laughs> Praise generates glory to the name of the Lord, right? It's all about more glory for God, right? More glory. And he's so kind and loving, he shares his glory with us. He's like, you're giving me glory. I'm going to give it back to you. You know, he's not satisfied with us just being like this. He He wants that divine interchange of love. He wants to smother us with those glory kisses all over our lives. So, Praise identifies the tapestry of God loves and creates unity among the brethren. And it disarms the enemy and the construct of lies. And it releases the living hope. Releases living hope. So when you're praising in your neighborhood... You're doing spiritual warfare. You're disarming the enemy. You're releasing a living hope. And so praise is also blessing. Okay? Blessing in the New Testament um, can come from the word that we use for eulogy. And it's supposed to, like, we speak highly of. So we speak highly of God. And then he empowers us to speak highly of others and release his blessing in the earth and over neighborhoods and our neighbors and wherever we are. (laughs) So this is all a part of our prayer life, right? So we we live prayer, right? Everywhere we go, we live prayer. (laughs) Anyway. Whoa. And so there's also this dynamic of praise that provides multiplication. And so we, I touched on this, how, you know, when we're praising in our neighborhood, we're making room for heaven to open and all of the things. But Jesus, like with the loaves and the fishes, uh, some translations... Um, translate it as thankfulness but if you look into the Greek it is that word for eulogy so Jesus focuses on heaven he speaks highly of God then he blesses the loaves and fishes and guess what multiplication more, <laughs> lots more, an abundance um, yeah so let's upgrade (laughs) our belief in what praise and blessing others, praising God and blessing him and blessing others can accomplish in our lives. (laughs) Yes, this is a wild ride of walking the tightrope with the Holy Spirit. (laughs) psalm 34 8 and 9 drink deeply drink deeply drink deeply (laughs) of the pleasures of this god experience for yourself the joyous mercies he gives to all who turn to hide themselves in him worship in awe and wonder all you who've been made holy. For all who fear him will feast with plenty. So, newsflash, if you believe in Jesus Christ, you have been made holy. You have been made holy. So, function out of that identity. Not on all... now, out of all the lies of condemnation and the other things the enemy would try and send your way, function out of your identity of having been made holy. <laughs> okay. So, key number four harvest. Fruitfulness is embedded within the harvest. The harvest carries within it an abundance of seed for the next harvest. (laughs) Jesus said, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. So he said that right after he prophesied to the woman at the well, and she went out and she harvested her hometown. (laughs) (laughs) And that was a good meal for Jesus, I'd say, right? He was feasting. He was having a love feast in that moment. Whoa. (laughs) So there is an element of um, our our labor in the harvest. We need to engage in it, you know, Jesus does the work, but we need to engage. (laughs) So Luke 10, 2, he says, he released them with these instructions. The harvest is huge, but there are not enough harvesters to bring it in. As you go, as you go. So as we go, plead with the owner of the harvest to send out many more workers into his harvest fields. Now off you go. I'm sending you out even though you feel as vulnerable as lambs going into a pack of wolves. Right? I think the newly harvested laborers are probably more familiar with the pack of wolves than we are. (laughs) Can we have some faith? God, we just ask you for some faith, (laughs) for some uh, grace and sending faith um, and love and increasing our identity as rescuers and deliverers to uh, capture a harvest for your glory. 1 Peter 2, 5 through 7, come and be his living stones who are continually being assembled into a sanctuary for God. For now you serve as holy priests, offering up spiritual sacrifices that he readily accepts through Jesus Christ, thanksgiving, oneness, praise. (laughs) For it says in Scripture, Look, I lay a cornerstone in Zion, a chosen and priceless stone, and whoever believes in him will certainly not be disappointed. As believers, you know his great worth indeed. His preciousness is imparted to you. Are you earning his preciousness? No, he's given it to you. It's imparted. But for those who do not believe, the stone that the builders rejected and discarded has now become the cornerstone. So once again, we're united with Jesus, the chosen priceless stone the one who is absolutely unshakable. And we're invited to be his living stones. We are invited to represent a solid foundation to the world around us. And we have the promise of never being disappointed and that his preciousness is imparted to us. So we're getting close to landing this plane. <laughs> we're kind of segwaying. We're circling back. Let's let's use a popular term. <laughs> we're circling back. <laughs> okay. We're going to read 2 Corinthians 3, eight, And this is actually talking about the glory that Moses had. Okay? Yet, how much more radiant is this new glorious ministry of the Spirit that shines from us? So that's our new glorious ministry, right? For if the former ministry of condemnation was ushered in with a measure of glory... How much more does the ministry that imparts righteousness far excel in glory? What once was glorious no longer holds any glory because of the increasingly greater glory that has replaced it. The fading ministry came with a portion of glory, but now we embrace the unfading ministry of a permanent Impartation of glory. So then, with this amazing hope, where is it? It's inside of you. You're one with it. <laughs> Living in us, we step out in freedom and boldness to speak the truth. Wow. You know, when I think about Moses and all the things he did, <laughs> my natural grit is, I could never do that, right? But God has given us a greater measure of glory, right? And the permanent impartation of, of it. So, you know, there's a lot less people in the world when Moses lived, you know, there's seven plus billion now. I don't think God has a problem with us all being like Moses (laughs) and rescuing a boatload of people and bringing them out of bondage into the glorious light of who Christ is and all of his love. And we just need to be mindful that Our glory doesn't carry any condemnation. There's no condemnation. You know? Our mission is not to go out there and look down on people. It's to bless them. To praise God for them. And to call them (laughs) up higher. (laughs) Call them into their divine destiny. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. How many know God can give us creative and loving ways to speak the truth? Yeah, and he wants us to speak the truth in love. 2 Corinthians 3, 16 through 18. <laughs> so it's just a little bit further down in the chapter. In this chapter, the word glory is used uh, more than any other chapter in the Bible. So thank you, Michael. Thank you, everybody, <laughs> for hearing so well from God. It just it just, just buoys everyone's faith. We understand we're tracking. He's not changing the channel. He's building something in the house. He's using all of us to do it. <laughs> all right. But the moment one turns to the Lord with an open heart, the veil is lifted and they see. Now the Lord I'm referring to is the Holy Spirit. And wherever he is Lord, there is freedom. (laughs) Let's make him Lord in our nation once again. (laughs) We can all draw close to him with the veil removed from our faces. And with no veil, we all become like mirrors who brightly reflect the glory of the Lord Jesus. We are being transfigured. We're partaking of that transfiguration as we go from glory to glory to glory. Whoa. All right, Uh, we are being transfigured into his very image as we move from one brighter level of glory to another. And this glorious transfiguration comes from the Lord who is Spirit, Holy Spirit. All right. All right. (laughs) So I have uh, one last uh, passage of Scripture And I'm just going to speak this over you. I speak it over you and believe for glorious impartation um, as it's spoken. And uh, yeah, and we'll just let God uh, be one with us and do all of the things, all of the things that need to be done. Just lean, into, lean into his presence right now. Just lean in a little bit. Lean in. Be a reservoir. Be a reservoir. Receive. Whoa! Receive from the Lord. He's so good. He's so good. And he's so pleased with you. Now listen to me, my servant Jacob. So Jacob is the one, that means the ones who seek his face. Bring heaven to earth. <laughs> Israel, God's people, my chosen one. I am Yahweh, your creator, who shaped you in my womb. Hear what I have to say to you. Don't fear. I will help you, O Jacob, my servant. Do not fear, my pleasing one, Israel. Israel. I will pour refreshing water on the thirsty and streams on the dry ground. I will pour out my spirit on your children, my blessing upon your descendants. They will spring up like grass blanketing a meadow, like poplars growing by gushing streams, One will say, I belong to Yahweh. Another will be called Jacob. Yet another will write upon his hand, property of Yahweh. Another will adopt the name Israel. The words of Yahweh, Israel's true king and kinsman redeemer, Yahweh, commander of angel armies. We have an angel army, guys. I am the beginning and I am the ending. And I am the only God there is who is like me. Now he's telling us, go ahead, stand and speak up. I'll wait for him to announce it and explain it all to me. He wants us to be his announcers. He wants us to prophesy. He wants us to function in our identity In that capacity. Who else? How can we prophesy? But through him. Right? Who else has announced from everlasting what is to come? Did Moses receive what was to come? From heaven? (laughs) We have a far greater glory, right? (laughs) Let him prophesy what is yet to be. Do not fear or be shaken. Haven't I foretold it, announcing it to you ahead of time? You are my witnesses. You will witness me working through you. You will witness me, the Lord, working through you. So tell me, is there any God besides me? There is no rock of shelter. I know not one. Jesus is the only rock, right? And we're his living stones. We're his living stones. So, yeah, 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 yeah. We just thank you, God. You're so, so, so good. You're so good to us. And we thank you that we don't need to understand all the things. We just need to connect ourselves to your heart and release your heart of love into our nation and into the world and into the lives of everyone around us. So um, I want to do a little activation to, to just really finish this off. Um, <laughs> okay. So, uh, number one, I want everybody just to, um, right now in this moment, um, ask God to give you a piece of your inheritance, your identity in Christ. Um, The oneness, that thing that he wants you to go after. Um, Like Moses knew, he was a deliverer to the people of Israel. So that's the first place. We need to ask God and believe that we can hear him, the still small voice, what he's speaking in our heart. So if you've got something, make a mental note of it. If you don't, that's totally okay. You'll hear, you'll hear. He'll reveal it to you. He speaks in a lot of different ways. So let's be open. Let's be open to our dreams, the things we see in nature. Um He calls us through the things he highlights in our lives. Uh, That's his call to pursue him, to pursue him. So take note of the things he's highlighting in your life. And then um, I just want to activate you um, (laughs) um, into more encounters, more encounters. (laughs) we say, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, for the grace to walk in these keys (laughs) of more, more glory, more of you, Jesus, more of the mystery of Christ within our lives, God. And I just ask you, Father... I ask you, Father, I know it's on your heart, (laughs) just to uh, release supernatural encounters to your people to connect their hearts so deeply with the love that you have for them and enable them to be able to identify how you want to disperse it. In Jesus' name, Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Thank you, Jesus. Um, Altar ministry, can you come forward? And... uh, The altar ministry team is going to be up here um, for anything that you want prayer about. And if you want more prayer about some of the things that we talked about and you're not fully uh, connecting with, feel free to come up. I also want to invite um, anyone who hasn't personally met this wonderful Jesus who brings uh, supernatural life and hope and goodness and favor and uh, empowering grace into your life, if you've never asked him or invited him into your heart, um, can you just, can, (laughs) do you want to say yes today? How about that? If you want to say yes, just go ahead and raise your hand. Raise your hand. Raise your hand. If you're online, uh, just send us a message. Send us a private message. Let us know that you made a decision, that you gave God your yes today. It's as easy as that. Give God your yes. Give God your yes and enter in to the abundant life that he has for you. All right. Thank you, guys. God bless you.